Hello, nerds! Welcome to episode four of the RK Holiday Games Cast, where we talk about the infinite amount of games that there are to play. But first, um, I'm trying to decide if I should call the bug man because the house that I live in currently has somewhat of a spider problem. And, you know, when we were first looking at the house, you know, it was like a newly built house and I wouldn't lived in it. There were spiders everywhere. And before we moved in, you know, before we closed on the house, you know, I contacted a bug guy. I was like, hey, man, can you go out there and spray it down real good before we get there? And um, he he did that, and he sent back photos of several black widows um, that had made their way around the house and, you know, just bugs everywhere. And, you know, once we moved in, there weren't that many bugs around like the outside edges of the house and things like that. But slowly over time, the spiders have made their way back around the house. Now I haven't seen any inside the house, but that doesn't mean they're not here, but I've some, I've seen some pretty big honkers though outside um, of the house. And so what I'm trying to figure out is, you know, as we come up on Halloween, you know, do do I kill off all these spiders and and take care of their webs, or do I stick with you know this this God given Halloween decoration around the house and on the porches? Because I mean, people will pay for like uh, you know fake webs. And I'm wondering to myself, like, should I go the authentic route and just let the spider stay here? And then, like, as soon as, you know, Halloween is over and the trick-or-treaters are gone, then we, you know, commit the spider genocide. I I don't know. I really, I'm kind of struggling, but I think, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to. We're going to pin a pin in that. But you may be saying, hey, man, what does this have to do with anything? Well, this is what it has to do with. People should call me Spider-Man. <laughs> Not because I'm a young, nerdy teenager who has spider-like abilities in a cool spider suit. But just because I'm surrounded by spiders at all times. When I eat, when I sleep, when I go to the bathroom. No, but this this week we're going to talk about Marvel Spider-Man. This game's kind of newer, I mean, in the grand scheme of things. You know, like I said, we're going to talk about older video games. We're going to talk about a lot of different video games. This one's a little bit older, uh, I mean, newer. It came out in 2018 of the fall, late summer, September 7th. And this was a game that, you know, it's a single-player game. It was put out by Sony. Right, Sony Entertainment System. So like the Sony PlayStation. They this is an exclusive to their system. Meaning if you want to play 
Marvel's Spider-Man from 2018, you have to have a PlayStation 4. And I believe it will come to, you know, PlayStation 5. You know, there's actually a sequel or a follow-up. I don't even know if it's a sequel, more of a follow-up. Spider-Man Miles Morales. Where, you know, in the story of this Spider-Man game, there is another character named Miles Morales who also becomes spider-like, we'll say. <laughs> and that's about all I can say. And I, you know, I don't follow the comic books, so he's prob- Miles Morales has probably been around for a while. I didn't see Spider Verse into the Spider Verse. Everyone says that's amazing. It's on my to do list. I promise. He may have been the guy in that, but I honestly don't know. And you know, for me, Spider Man has always been a pretty cool hero. I don't know if he's my favorite hero that that could be an entirely different conversation but when I was young I remember you know I dressed up like Superman Superman was my favorite when I was very young my brother's favorite was Batman so he dressed up kind of like Batman for like Halloween and stuff and then my cousin we were all similar ages he dressed up like Spider-Man so like Spider-Man was kind of his favorite now, I do remember at one point being in my grandmother's house and my cousin and brother being mischievous as they were and me being the youngest of the group, convincing me that in my Superman suit, I could in fact fly. And my young, uneducated, underbrain-developed self leaped from the top of my grandmother's couch directly into the floor. I think it was a scene. I don't, that's one of those memories that might be repressed and blacked out. I'm not, I'm not sure. But so I say all of that to say that, you know, Spider-Man is not my favorite hero. Now, if, if there's a game that's out where, you know, like Marvel's Avengers came out, uh, recently, like, you know, 20 fall 2019. And, 2020, sorry, fall 2020. And uh, Spider-Man's going to be an exclusive character on PlayStation because of the rights. Now, I would totally love to play as Spider-Man in that game. But I'm just saying, I don't have like Spider-Man stickers and t-shirts and backpacks. My love for Spider-Man is probably not as, as, uh, as big as others. I haven't seen all the Spider-Man movies. You know, I've seen a lot of them, but not all of them. But this is a pretty good game. And, and you know, the, this game, just to give you kind of a history of this game, or it's not a history, it's an expectation of this game. When I was in college, and this was probably in 2005 or six, on the PlayStation 2, there was a game called Spider-Man 2. And it was based off of the movie... Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. Which that movie had kind of a a good soundtrack. I I mean, like, to me, I really like that soundtrack. So you can go check that out. But, you know, Tobey Maguire, lover him or hate him as Spider-Man, 
I think he was pretty good. And that just could be because of like my age and the time that I saw those movies or, you know, and we're excluding Spider-Man three, of course, from that, uh, statement, but that video game, Spider-Man two was kind of revolutionary because it was an open world game, which had been done before, but it was an open world game where you played as Spider-Man and it just nailed the webbing, the swinging, and you know scaling of New York City. Like it really was an open and free situation. Like you could get on this game, and this remember this is the internet's around at this point. You know, in two thousand five or six, but it's not like it is now. Okay, actually. I don't even remember if Google was a thing yet. I mean, that's kind of like, to me, there's phases of the internet. It's like there was the internet where you got on. And if you didn't have like a specific URL, then, uh, you were just kind of out there doing God knows what. And, you know, there wasn't really great search engines. I remember like ask Jeeves. And then suddenly one day, the internet changed when there was Google and then like everything was driven by searches, which made a lot of sense. Right. So I don't remember where we were, but we were kind of on the cusp of one or the other at that point. And, uh, so this, this game kind of came along when multiplayer games and online games were, a thing, but they were just kind of growing. And so what I, the reason I say all of that is because the tolerance for a person who games a lot, sitting on a game and kind of replaying in an open world environment, not being online, not having more content coming out, not having extra DLC or patches or extra little carrots thrown at you. This game didn't have that, but boy, I played the heck out of this game. And a lot of people did because of the gameplay mechanics of you're a Spider-Man. You can jump really far. You can swing really far. You know, you can't fall to your death. Like you can run up buildings. You can swing the buildings. You're, you're diving through the air. It's just a very interesting thing. You know, like you can get on light poles. You can get on uh, buildings on top of cars. And there were a lot of little side missions and things like that. So, there have been several Spider-Man games since Spider-Man 2, back in the day, we'll say, that have come out and have flopped. And I, I didn't play any of those games, and here's why. And I think this is probably the situation for most people, is they waited to see or hear or demo, is the web swinging good? Right? Like, I didn't care if this... Spider-Man's story was good. It could have been the best Spider-Man story of all time told in these other Spider-Man games. But if the open world web swinging and feeling of being like a hero wasn't there in the game, I'm not going to touch it. Because that was the new staple of what a Spider-Man game was. It, It defined maybe forever what a Spider-Man game was. And so about 12 years later, (laughs) we finally got another one, Marvel's Spider-Man, where they captured with, you know, recent technology and recent controllers, the feeling of that open world swinging gameplay, 
and being like Spider-Man in that in that sandbox with like good graphics and kind of a compelling scene or scenery of New York City. You know, and I remember the first one, I think there was date, day and nighttime cycles in this game. I think it's either day or nighttime based on the mission you're in. And I think eventually maybe you can set it as day or nighttime, like, like in, within the game menu or you go into a little safe house and you can select it's nighttime now or. I'm a fan of day and nighttime cycles, but you know, it's just kind of more natural, but I think this game, you know, allowed for, but th- this, this game captured it and it, this game I think was pretty successful. And so from here on out, like I said, I mean, since Spider-Man two, that's been the standard. And now, you know, with Spider-Man miles Morales coming out and any other Spider-Man games coming out, I think that's probably going to be the standard for a very long time. It would be interesting if we ever saw another Spider-Man type game uh, that was not based around this gameplay because that has just become... You're you're either good or bad based on how good you feel. And a lot of games are not held to that standard. Is what, you know, it's just an interesting thing about this game. But this game, you know, was published by Sony Interactive, but it was developed by Insomniac Games. And so, you know, I think Insomniac Games is... Uh, based out of California, which you know a lot of these developing companies are. They've worked on games like Spyro back in the late '90s. You know, some of you might have really liked the Spyro games, Ratchet and Clank, which I've only ever messed with the PlayStation Four Ratchet and Clank game, and the graphics and the fidelity are really good. But you know, it's just not for me. It's kind of I don't know. It's kind of a kid game or something. I don't know. I just couldn't really get into it. I think they had a hand in Sunset Overdrive, which I don't know how well it did. But the feeling of Sunset Overdrive was kind of similar, right? It was like an open world gameplay, move around fast in a city. So it makes sense that these guys would potentially get that. They they were kind of moving in that that direction. And I mean, with... Ratchet and Clank, it's not an open world game, but there is those games do have kind of a fidelity to them where being like a third person game, you know, kind of over the shoulder or whatever, they feel good. Like there's a physics to it, there's a feeling to it. It feels kind of natural. Like it it it's a video game, but it there's it, it's not it just really lets you roll. We'll say that's maybe the best way I can describe it. I'm sorry. That's that's probably not good. But anyway, so it makes sense that these guys would get a crack at Spider-Man. And I'm so glad they did because at this game, you know, the, you know, with this Spider-Man game, you know, you are third person over the shoulder. You are doing the swinging. You are doing the jumping. You have some gadgets. You have actually like a skill tree, which is interesting. Um, and they also really took it upon themselves to... Um, you know, they have DLCs. I can't remember how much those cost. I think mine was included in the version that I got. Um, maybe it was a season pass. I can't quite remember. I apologize. But I do remember some of the marketing around this being like, hey, we're not going to do microtransactions. Like, if you want an outfit, you can unlock it by playing the game. This is not going to be something you buy. And that's probably coming off of the hills, uh, hills of uh, heels of uh, Battlefront 2 and that debacle 
of microtransactions. You know, like the microtransaction revolt <laughs> kind of came to a head with Battlefront 2 by EA. But anyway, so Sony put out this game with Insomniac and they were pretty clear like, hey, this is going to be, this is going to feel like Spider-Man 2. Like they said that without saying it. Like you're going to get it. You'll get some DLC. You're going to be able to unlock the outfits. Like this is the complete game. And as you may or may not know, with PlayStation games and video games nowadays, you can get achievements. And like sometimes those achievements are blocked behind online services or, you know, things that are pretty grindy or, or hard to get. But, you know, if you had like a racing game and it was like you had some achievements, it wouldn't be just finish the race, you know, on this one or that one and that one. There would probably be an online achievement. Like you got to go online and you got to place top in the top race against other players 10 times and you get an achievement, right? And some people really enjoy chasing achievements in games and getting like the final platinum, like unlocking all of the achievements in the game. And this one had a pretty good barrier. And I, I mean, I think this one was very achieve, achievable. I don't think that I got it. I think I got all but like one and I'm not an achievement chaser, but the achievements were set in place in such a way where this game was kind of a, its own complete game. They didn't try to really shove any kind of extras into it to get more money out of you. It felt sincere. And I think, you know, this game was released at $60. I think it's a $60 game. I think that's, I think they had love and effort. They knew what worked in Spider-Man 2. I think they captured that. I think they finally realized or... You know, other people have made Spider-Man games like Sony, who has the rights to Spider-Man right now, which we all know is very weird between them and Disney and what's going on and who's going to be Spider-Man, whatever. I think that conversation was had with like, hey, how would we got to capture this? And this is not the Spider-Man, in case you're wondering, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, this Spider-Man is actually an older Peter Parker, you know. And the story is, you know, Mary Jane is in it, and it there is a passing of the baton, you know, kind of element to it, which is why, you know, Miles Morales ends up being a game eventually, right? But the combat is very good. I mean, if you if you know anything about, you know, like well, third third party, you know, action combat games, like they either feel good or they don't. I mean, like and then you don't have to really go into a whole lot of reason of why or why not. It just either feels good or it doesn't. Like with dodges and like punches and combos and things like that. It's it's either very extreme and it's a hard game like Demon Souls or Dark Souls or something like that. Or it's like a kind of action adventure and it's got like a lower ceiling. And, you know, if you have the timing of a dodge or so, then you're going to be just fine. And with this, you get more abilities and you get more... Um, tricks and combos and things to do to make it really fun. And, it, you know, it kind of harkens back to, which, you know, in Spider-Man 2, the fighting, I re- from my memory, this has been a while, I remember the fighting being okay for a PlayStation 2 game. Now, the game that kind of defined beat-em-up third-person combat in the past, you know, 15 years would I would argue would be Batman Arkham Asylum. 
And so this game, like most beat em up games, kind of takes from that with you know some dodging and like slowing down time when you make the dodge. And this all makes sense for Spider-Man, right? With the spider senses and things like that. So the combat and the movement around the combat and the enemies feels pretty good. Um, the types of enemies, this is just a problem with video game. I mean, like there's only so many types of enemies you can have when you have a beat em up kind of game where I'm a third person avatar. I have to go beat up some AI with combos and tricks and things like that. I mean, there's only so many guys they can throw at you. They can throw you a regular guy. They can throw you a guy that shoots at you. They can throw, throw a guy that shoots like missiles at you. They can throw you a big guy. They can throw you a shielded guy. You know, where you ha- you can't just punch them. You have to jump over them or web them or, you know, like just those basic guys. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Game developers probably don't know what else to do either. But you really only get four or five types of enemies before it gets annoying. Um, And that's okay because the gameplay loop is fun and that's fine. You know, and if the fighting is satisfying, that can carry you a long way. And in this case, it carried me through the whole game. Um, And... You know, but with it, with this game, you you basically you know you kind of go through the story. It sets up characters really well. I feel like the story's done really well. You know, there some people experienced a couple of bugs with the story early on. I think most of that's been patched out. But you know, obviously, two years later, and I think all the DLCs have come out, which I didn't play those. If I'm honest, I mean, I probably will at some point. I will. This is a game I'll probably replay, and I would probably if it does come out on PlayStation Five, and I you know. Uh, receive this and the DLC and can play this on PlayStation 5 and it loads better and works better, I would probably replay it on that system. But the game story and the gameplay goes pretty smooth. It drives you along. It it kind of unlocks the gates pretty good. The, the bosses are fun. I mean, if I had to pick out what I love most about this game... It's going to be the gameplay and the swinging in the open world. And like be able to go kind of anywhere and do anything. But if I could put like an asterisk and say like what stood out to me in this game. I would say it was some of the boss fights. And there's one specifically where I think you're fighting and, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong on this. I think you're fighting the, <laughs> I can't even remember their names, uh, the electric guy. I'm sorry. Electrode or uh Sparkman, it, it doesn't matter. You know if you if you know, you know. If I'm sorry, if I could google it would be fine, but Electrocute man. And then uh I think Green Goblin, right? So you got like an Electric Man, you're swinging around, and then you have a uh, Green Goblin kind of flying around. He's you know, he has grenades on his little little jet hoverboard or whatever. And you're fighting two bosses at once, and it was just epic, man. Like the 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 way that the game flowed, the music, um, some of the quick time events that were in it, which you know, a lot of people hate on quick time events. I don't mind it. I like a little cinematic breather in between the swinging and, and beating them up and punch them, punching people. And I think it fits well with like you know, a third person action, uh, beat up game. And, you know, 
we'll talk about games that I feel like did them really well, which is like, you know, Resident 4, Resident Evil 4 was one that I remember being really epic um, with some of their quick time events. Again, some people remember those negatively. I, I remember them fondly. Um, you know, Tomb Raider has a lot of those, but, but that boss fight in the final boss fight and th- those encounters really stood out to me. I really enjoyed them. And I think that those, like they could have, it could have been more of the same. And a lot of those games, it is more of the same. Typically it is, here's a bigger, slightly different dude that you're fighting and there's a trick to beat him. Like you got to hit a red barrel when he's next to it or you have to use your specific web ability to stun him and then punch him. But Oh, here comes a bunch of other little guys you've been fighting all along and they're going to shoot rockets. So you have to like take care of them and dodge and then take care of the, you know, they just kind of throw a lot of the same at you. And then there's kind of a gimmick to it. And, these didn't feel like that. These felt like they had a lot of love around them. Like, like this was pro- this was a priority for Insomniac when they were making this game. And you can tell. Um, and they didn't have to do that for it to be a good game. In today's standards. In today's standards, they could have put out just the open world swinging and a decent story, which there was a decent story to this game. And... That would have been just fine. Um, so, you know, the voice actors and whoever the game capture actors were, they they did a pretty good job. You know, it's Spider-Man. He's older, but there were still some pretty good, you know, quips between he and the police lady whose name I don't remember. And then, uh, you know, there's always the... Jameson, I think his name is. I can't remember the, the reporter who... Hate Spider-Man thinks he does everything wrong or whatever. Um, but it's it's you know it's every I think it's everything you'd want in a Spider-Man game, and I'm interested to see what they do with the sequel. And a you know I know nothing about Miles Morales outside of what this video game had about him, so I I can't speak to you know am I going to be interested. And what happens? Like, I don't. Does he have a girlfriend? I mean, I don't know his backstory. I mean, people die, from my understanding and memory. Um, but Spider Man's, you know, the same Spider Man story's been around forever. So it's cool they're, you know, potentially going in a new direction. But I just don't know exactly what it is that they're doing. Um. And I think that's that's it, you know, like the the thing I'm trying to think of anything negative about this game that I I didn't like. And I the I I'll say Miles Morales going forward could be interesting, could be cool, but they did kind of shoehorn him in there. This is something that I think was negative about the game. So if you've ever, like, playing the game as you're going through the game, the story, you're going, you're swinging, you're playing Peter Parker, you're playing Spider-Man, you're doing that. And then suddenly, 
There's levels where you're playing uh, Mary Jane. There's levels where you're playing Miles Morales, and Miles Morales at this point doesn't have any powers or anything. And you're kind of walking around, and you're pushing buttons, and there's like these little mini games and strategy sneak missions. And those just really suck. <laughs> like you really just want to get back to the action. And you're there to play Spider-Man. That's who you want to play as. So I feel like Mary Jane's part was kind of fell flat. And then Miles, his character arc to me could have been more creative. Rather, and you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but the way Miles becomes someone with power was not interesting. And it kind of falls flat for me. I, I think it could be cool. He could have a cool story, but it needs to be a little different than Peter Parker's because otherwise, what, what are you doing? I mean, he's African-American. That's different. But my thing is like, who cares? I, I would rather like, I don't care what color he is or what his background is, as long as it's interesting. So in how he obtains his powers and his abilities, it was just, he needs his own game. He needs his own game and he's getting one, but it could have been more interesting. And maybe I was bored in his moments and in Mary Jane's moments. And I didn't, you know, pay attention enough or something, but it, I think that, if you're going to go a route of you have a new Spider-Man or you're like kind of taking it to the next level and you have a new hero that's taking over Peter Parker, which, hey, Peter Parker's been around forever. I get it. They would want to go in a different direction. It's just, do we want to copy and paste? But now he's just African-American? Because to me, that's not interesting. From, from where I come from, like from where I'm sitting. But... If he has his own kind of story and progression, that would be cool. Now, again, with the comics and the setups and the Spider-Verse, maybe there is something. But in this game, if that's all you know, Miles Morales, I was kind of like, oh, okay, why would, why would we not just stick with Peter Parker? I mean, it's kind of the same thing. Hopefully that's not too spoilerly. And maybe I'm completely off base there, but that's just my opinion of it. But like I said, this is a $60 game. They're probably selling this for $20 to $40 by now. And if you haven't played it, it's definitely worth at this point. It's definitely a $30 game. It's $30 game DLC. I think it's a $40 game. Even now, two years later, and on PlayStation 5, I think it's worth $30 or $40. And especially now, if they can increase like load times, you know, they've demoed PlayStation load times and they use Spider Man to show, like, oh, we can load the whole city like instantly. Are they going to do that with this game? I don't know. Probably not, but maybe if they would, then, you know, sure. Maybe I'll give them an extra 10. I don't know, but $30 feels right. And if you get it for under $30, it's, it's a steal. Um, I might call the bug man. I don't know. Do I call the bug man or do I let the spiders and, and myself meld into one being? And then they carry me off. I don't know. Nerds. I don't know the answer, but I'll report back. And I hope you have a great day and a wonderful week.